Today on Locked On Canadians, it's some more prospect talk. We're going to talk about the players who have been invited to World Junior Camp this far. And that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 742. <laughs> and thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, uh, five days a week, talking about your Montreal Canadiens. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who uh, carried the show after two eventful games uh, out on the West Coast, <laughs> uh, did the recaps, wild, wild games. And so today we figured we would turn it around a little bit back to the future, since we just came off that right versus Slavkovsky um, um, showdown, matchup, whatever we want to call it. Uh, about the Montreal Canadiens prospects who may or will be going to the World Juniors uh, at the end of this month. Scott, who shall we start with? There are so many uh, young children, young adult children, whatever we want to call them, um, that are that are at least invited to uh, World Junior camps. Uh, I, I mean, I've got my favorite. I don't know about you. Uh, why don't why don't why don't you take it away? Uh, so my thought with this is that because there's some room for discussion, especially when it comes to like Team Canada and Team USA with what they're going to do. Uh, so far, the list of invitees or and no one is a guaranteed lock, but the invitees we have are Adam Engstrom is going for Team Sweden. Oliver Kapanen is going for Team Finland. Owen Beck, Joshua Waugh and uh, Riley Kidney have been invited for Team Canada. Lane Hudson has been invited for Team USA, as expected. And when Team Slovakia releases their roster announcement, it is assumed, I I would be stunned if it's not, that Philip Mashar will be on that list as well. And Uri Slavkovsky is kind of in the we-don't-know-yet thing. So I figured maybe towards the end we'd discuss that and uh, uh, Team Canada later on too, just because there are some more invitees that got announced today that may impact Beck and everybody. So I thought maybe we'd start with uh, the duo uh, playing over in Europe right now, Adam Engstrom playing for Rogola in uh, the under 20 and in the Champions Hockey League with a couple of SHL games as well. Patrick Bexell obviously has been covering all of that. And before the tournament itself kicks off, we will definitely have him on to give us a look at What's going on with Adam Engstrom? What's going on with Pateri Nurmi, who's playing in Liga in Finland? And uh, Kapanen, who's playing for Kalpa, who is uh, once again back for Finland. I believe this is the third World Juniors that he's going to, which is a pretty impressive feat for a younger player. But I know he's nursing an injury. And I think the biggest thing is here is that Adam Engstrom has kind of fallen off, not fallen off the radar, but it's kind of under the radar for a lot of Canadians fans for potentially one of two reasons. Uh, he's picked in the same draft that Lane Hudson was picked in, which if you were a defender picked in this draft after Lane Hudson, sorry, uh, just, you know, sorry about that. There's not much 
Uh, you can do about a, you know, the short King dominating the NCAA right now. Uh, and, you know, at that same pick, a lot of us, you know, uh, wanted Jordan Dume picked from the Halifax Mooseheads, who's one of the top scoring forwards in the QMJHL, also invited to uh, Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp there. And he's flying under the radar, and I don't think he should be. He's got a really nice skating approach. He does, he's been putting up really solid point totals, and I'm looking them up right now just so I have them in front of me here. Uh, Elite Prospects, by the way, is an absolute lifesaver when you're doing a show and you forgot to uh, do uh, show prep beforehand because you fell asleep on the couch after making dinner. Uh, in the under-20 league for Rogla, he has 13 points in seven games. Four goals, nine assists, and in 21 SHL games this year, he has four points, uh, which, you know what? Uh, he's a defenseman playing in a very high-skill league, and he's un- obviously under the age of 20 years old, and he's getting regular enough minutes for the team there that he can consistently play. He's someone that I think a lot of people need to keep an eye on in terms of prospects there, and I do think he he's in tough because Sweden's always a very loaded team, but I got to say... I don't see any reason why he couldn't possibly make this team. I'm going to agree with you there. So for those of you who aren't as familiar with him, uh, I would really, really encourage you to check out Patrick Bexell's work on Habs Eyes on the Prize uh, because he's been he's been covering, obviously, uh, Engstrom since since the beginning. And, you know, that that's basically how I get my knowledge of him. Uh, I think it's it's exactly like you said, it's context, right? I mean, like we're getting some of our listeners even asking, it's not about defending, but like asking about uh, Jared Davidson, right? And on this show, we focus so much on the progress and success of Owen Beck that like, you know, when you're when you're all the way back there behind some of these highly touted prospects, sometimes it's easy to kind of just forget. Um, and for me, I think, what I want to see is like, I really obviously hope that he makes the team. And the, the thing that I find that's interesting is that Sweden is always this perennial threat, but often it goes one way or another. And sometimes it'll go off the rails extremely quickly. Uh, and I wonder if it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the same teams are going to be the ones to watch. You know, you're always watching your Finland's, your, Canada's your your US your all of that and I the thing that I love about this tournament is that it could go either either like sorry anyway it could go anyway you know there's like one wrong bounce can have team USA out like from the beginning or team Canada could lose in like a major upset or something like that so for me what I want to see is honestly like how he plays on team Sweden versus opponents that are his peers that's what I want to see. Cause like, I don't know enough about him. I haven't watched him enough in action. Like most, most of you. Um, and some of us have to admit this, even though, even though it might be hard, some of us do have to admit this is that <laughs> a lot of our prospect watching is not entire games. It's highlights. So a lot of the opinions that we form about certain prospects, particularly some that we're arguing should be on teams when really they didn't do all that much to, to play themselves onto them is because we're looking at the highlights and we're not looking at the games as a whole or the minutes they play as a whole. So for me, and we're almost running out of time to talk about um, Oliver Kapanen, but I just, I think that I, what I want to see is how he plays against this, like the dynamic competition that he's going to be facing. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of it is Kapanen's uncertain just because he is currently injured. I assume 
if he's cleared to play or it's not as serious as it potentially is, he's going to be on that team. Uh, he's having a pretty strong year for Cal Pie. It's a really nice step forward for him there. And I hope Angstrom makes it just because I think he's someone who could very easily surprise in that tournament as well. Uh, but uh, when it comes to World Juniors, teams make dumb decisions sometimes. And somehow Team USA, as it stands right now, uh, hasn't done that, which is actually quite nice. And we're going to talk about that in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting, sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And here's the thing if you want to bet on bad decisions that Team USA is making in the World Juniors, you can check out BetOnline.net, where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and even esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So you can just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Scott, let us talk about said potential bad decisions that Team USA is making. I think they made a very good decision personally in this one where they invited Lane Hudson. Yes, uh, I'm actually bringing up their roster right now because for whatever reason, the link that I clicked on went to an article saying they released the roster instead of just telling me what the roster is. Um, Lane Hudson's part of a really exciting defensive group here. Uh, Shai Boom, um, Seamus Casey, who is someone who I really liked going into the draft here, plays a very similar style to Lane Hudson. Uh, Luke Hughes, which if I don't mention him, Devils fans are going to yell at us, and I don't want Devils fans to do that. But also in terms of like the forward group, guys like Cutter Gauthier, um, Logan Cooley, uh, Chaz Lucius, Cam Lund, Rutger McGrody, uh, Will Smith, who is one of the top prospects in this draft. I was really concerned that Lane Hudson's size was going to keep him off of this roster. Uh, he's listed at 5'9", which makes him the shortest player on Team USA or tied with Gavin Brindley, who's playing for the University of Michigan. And, it, and I'm glad that it didn't because in all the years past, Team USA's biggest thing has been, well, we have big guy. Size and grit. Yes, which explains why, you know, Tyler Boucher is on the roster. But it, it Lane Hudson's season has been so good and impossible to ignore that even Team USA, which continues at any point in time to step on rakes in front of them when it comes to roster selection, didn't in this circumstance. And I think that's really, really important is that I don't know what role he's going to play. And to be quite honest with you, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left shot defensemen out of 10 on this team. There's a lot of, you know, competition for spots here. And the hardest part about World Juniors is if you have a bad pre-tournament game or, you know, you have a bad opening game, even if you make the roster, that can basically end your opportunities to be a, a threat there. But I don't think we're going to have to worry about that with Lane Hudson. He plays in a tough conference in, you know, the NCAA hockey East is always competitive. A lot of these other guys are coming from the big 10 or the NCHC out uh, in the central part of the U S here. 
I, I don't think he's going to be the top option on this team, but I do think this is going to be a Lane Hudson introductory tournament for a lot of other people uh, around the hockey world. So a lot of people have known and have been read from the gospel of Hudson at this point, us included. I'm really, really excited because this tournament is made for him. Go out, score goals, run the power play, be exciting. I cannot wait to see what Lane Hudson does when the entire hockey world spotlight is back on him again. I love his confidence. I love, I love, we, we've talked about it before. He's a ballsy kid. I also like that he's now listed as five, nine. So he has like one more inch to go. <laughs> I mean, he, he was right. He brought that, you know, uh, that note from his, what is endocrinologist that he was going to get taller. He still looks like a child, mind you. Yeah. Like he still looks like a child. But the thing is when you're putting up a points per game pace, that is comparable to Cal McCarr. Who you was yeah, you can't ignore that. If you're Team USA, even if you if your instinct is to go for the big tough guy, which they did in some cases, like you can't ignore what Lane Hudson has put together. And this is the thing too, is that like he's been so smart about it because a lot of times players that are this hot in the first half of the season, they tend to cool off and regress to the mean um, you know, over the course of the second half. Like he's done everything to show that he might not be able to keep up this pace for the entire season, but a comparable pace is important, you know, and so I personally, I'm excited to see what he does. And I'm, you know, as, as a Team Canada fan, I'm a bit nervous to see what he does as well against against Canada. It's going to be really fun and interesting. And that's the thing is it's like 17 points in 14 games would be good. Even if he was just a forward, like uh, over a point per game pace is always good in the NCA, which is not a notoriously high scoring league. Doing it as a freshman defenseman who is playing power play two who is not playing top pairing minutes uh, for the Boston University Terriers is really, really impressive. And that's, you know, like we said, you can't ignore that. And I'm really glad that it seems like he's second on the team in scoring behind a guy who is, I believe, four years older than he is. Like, yep. I can only say so many things. And obviously, as we get closer and closer to World Juniors, we will have people on to help us preview the final rosters and teams and everything. But I think Lane Hudson as good as team Canada is, and we will get to uh, Slovakia and stuff in our last segment a little bit, but as good as they are, I think a lot of Habs fans eyes are going to be on Lane Hudson at this tournament because not a lot of people get a chance to watch the NCAA or know how to watch the NCAA. And I think this is going to be their opportunity for that. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, Also, it's clear that Maple agrees uh, back there in the background about our short king. Uh, Scott, I think it's time to turn it over to Team Canada. I feel like that's going to be the dominate the next segment, even though we are going to touch on Philip Mayshar and um, and Yuri Slavkovsky slash question mark. (laughs) And that's all coming up in just one moment. Before we get into this segment, I do want to remind everybody that tomorrow is our Friday mailbag episode. So I would like you to please send us mess- uh, mailbag questions, <laughs> messages, <laughs> mailbag questions in the form of 
You can send them as direct messages on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can also just literally reply to us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can also email them to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. And also leave them in the comments of the YouTube videos. As always, do not be mean to anybody else that is commenting uh, because we will delete your comment and forget you exist. So please, please, please send us your mailbag questions. Obviously, there's no game. So we are going to touch on a couple of things tomorrow in our first segment. But we do have some planned content. But we do want to make sure that you get all your mailbag questions in because this is a great opportunity to have a nice long mailbag episode. All right, Scott, time for Team Canada. You're on mute. Can we hear me now? We can hear you now. I, I did not. I promise I did not mute Scott on purpose because I'm a Team Canada fan. No, uh, my very wonderful puppy who is here next to me <laughs> unplugged my <laughs> microphone. So um, it actually switched now off of my normal one to uh, my MacBook microphone. So if I sound different, sorry. Uh, for Team Canada, there are three Canadians prospects who are going. Obviously, Owen Beck is going. Riley Kidney is going, and Joshua Waugh is going to their selection camp. Uh, Kidney is actually the only returning member of this. He made it as their, like, 13th forward extra guy in uh, 2022 before the tournament was canceled, I believe. Um, obviously, Joshua Waugh was the last cut and then proceeded to absolutely destroy the QMJHL afterwards. And Owen Beck, obviously, was far too young to have made the team last year in his first season in the OHL. So it is really good to see that all three of them got an invite. The hardest part now for Owen Beck, who is debatably their top defensive forward, at least at the time of when they picked this roster, uh, Shane Wright today and Brant Clark were also announced as they are being released by their NHL team, Seattle and L.A., to head to Canada's World Junior Selection Camp in Moncton. And for Owen Beck, that's a little bit bad news because Owen Beck will likely play, would have been playing in the role that Shane Wright would have. And that's because Connor Bedard is likely going to be Canada's top forward. If he's not, I, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, Owen Beck now is, he's facing a little bit of an uphill battle there. You have Connor Bedard, you have, obviously, Shane Wright's going to be there. You have competition there. But at the same time, Owen Beck's the absolute, like, one of the most key guys I would want in a tournament like this after watching him play. And I, if, he's, if he doesn't go, he doesn't go. It's not the end of the world. I still think he very much deserves to do, to do so. And uh, like you talked about with Lauren Kelly, it's like his growth every single year is – it's impressive to watch and he's just absolutely one of like the best steals that we I don't even know if you can call him a steal, but at this point, like just he's going to be a piece that if team Canada doesn't take him, they could regret it. And if they do take him, there's no part of his game. That's going to cause them to have to second guess anything like this. Let me ask you a question, Scott, what in everything you know about Owen Beck makes us think in any way that he's not going to do every single thing it takes to get there and to make and cement a name for himself in this tournament. It, and that's exactly it. Like he kills penalties. He can win key faceoffs. He's really defensively responsible. There's no role on team Canada that Owen Beck cannot play because it's a best on best short sample size tournament. 
bring your best forwards for this. And we've talked before about why would you want to, you know, bring a defensive forward only? Why would you only want to bring a guy who does one thing? Beck does that and then does other things too. Like there's no reason to not take Owen Beck with you. And even if he is like your fourth line center, okay, cool. You should have a fourth line that can go out there and score goals too. And uh, Scott Wheeler had it projected originally that it was Joshua Wah, Owen Beck, Riley Kidney on Team Canada's third line. And you know what? Hell yeah. I am all for that all the time. I think this is going to be the only, like, if Lane Hudson gets cut, I think people are going to chalk it up to, well, Team USA doing Team USA things. Remember, Cole Caulfield in the bumper position instead of a shooting position at World Juniors kind of thing. Not taking Owen Beck, I think, would aggravate Canadians fans far more than anything else they could possibly do. I think just because of how consistently well he's played this year, there's no reason to not take him. That's the thing. He deserves to go. So if he doesn't go, it'll be up to a roster construction philosophy that I hope Team Canada can justify. I think that's the way that I feel about him. So let's talk a little bit about Joshua Rock, because obviously he had that phenomenal season in the queue last year. We're not hearing all that much about him this season. Uh, we know that he's still very promising. We know that he's still a very skilled player. So what do we hope to see from him, assuming that he does make the roster? I don't necessarily think that he won't. Uh, what do we want to see from him to kind of bring him back into that conversation that we were having about him last year. I think Joshua Wah this year is that we we've talked about this a lot is that he fits into that category of probably too good for junior hockey, but because of archaic rules, he can't play in the AHL, which I think would probably be the right step up for him this season. Uh, still very good at scoring, still very good at, you know, setting plays up and being smart there. But it's very clear that he's a step above this league. So it isn't as impressive playing where he is right now. But he's working a lot more on the little nuances to his games in terms of defensive responsibility and skating and reading plays and everything. He, again, a lot like you know uh, everyone else on Team Canada, it's a loaded roster. A guy like Joshua Wall might play bottom six minutes. It's not going to be like in a checking role, but like he's not going to be the guy like a Bedard or someone else is going to be on that team here. He's going to be, you know, relied upon to do whatever it is to make the team at this point as everyone pulls their weight in a certain direction. Um, he's not going to be the target guy for everything like he is in Sherbrooke or he would be in the QMJHL. He's going to be a piece of the pie to make everything work here a little bit. So, uh, I, if he does make the team and I think he will as a veteran going into this, don't expect Joshua to be like the leading scorer on this team. Now with Connor Bedard, anyways, expect him to be a supporting piece. Simple as that. And you know what, if he's a good enough supporting piece, then he's going to continue to be in the future of this team. Cause I know like we're watching the world juniors and, and now with the Canadians in a rebuild, I feel like the prospects and how they do, um, everything is heightened. That expectation is heightened and that excitement is heightened. So let's talk about heightening expectations and um, and uh, and excitement. Uh, and let's turn our attention to Philip Mayshar. So we've been hearing, obviously, that the situation uh, where he's at in Kitchener isn't all that great. So it's possible that um, 
he's not going to be playing there any longer and maybe finding a situation that fits in a little bit better. Um, and with Slavkovsky, I mean, if you're his team, obviously, if you're, if you're team Slovakia, like you, you invite him no brainer. But the problem is the Canadians are the ones that hold all the cards in this scenario. I don't know what they're going to do. So the thing about Philip Mayshar is the Kitchener Rangers are not very good in the OHL, which is not, you know, a mean thing to say, but it is unfortunately, you know, correct. Not a great place for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a, he's not struggling. Like he's playing well, all things considered. It's just that I think a lot of people think it's a step back from where he was playing at professionally in a 15 games for the Kitchener Rangers. He has 18 points, eight goals, 10 assists. He's playing well. He can shoot. He can skate really well. He's a really good playmaker. He's going to make Team Slovakia for World Juniors. That's, you know, that's not up for debate. Uri Slavkovsky is the is the interesting part because he is a game changer for Team Slovakia. He was in the previous, you know, World Championships at the Olympics and everything else. And going into this tournament, the Canadians, like you said, hold all the cards. And currently, he's not playing eight minutes a night on the fourth line anymore. He's playing middle six minutes for the Montreal Canadiens. That's arguably better for his development than going to World Juniors and then coming back. But uh, someone said this on Twitter talking to Mark Dumont is the Montreal Canadiens will always be there for Uri Slavkovsky and he will have more games for the Montreal Canadiens. There are only so many World Juniors games that Uri Slavkovsky can play. And if they get guys back, if Brendan Gallagher is back, if Mike Hoffman is back, they may say they like they may give him that option. And if Shane Wright is going, there's no reason why Uri Slavkovsky can't go as well. The Canadians have call-ups in the AHL they can use. They should use them if that's the case, if he wants to go. Like if this is a thing that he really truly wants to do, you let him go play because it's important to him. And who knows, maybe he goes and he dominates and he comes back and it's just like something clicked in his brain, you know, little things. Cause he's been playing against NHL, you know, adults again, he, he was in Finland last year when he was drafted too. He would probably be a terror to play against if you're some of these other kids. Is Slovakia a great team? No, but is Slavkovsky talented enough on his own to potentially drag them and give those top teams a scare? Absolutely. I would be really curious to see what the case is. And I know with the way the injuries are lining up for the Canadians right now, it's not really in the cards just because Monaghan's out, Hoffman's out, Gallagher's out. Who knows who else is nursing, whatever. I think they want to give him that opportunity in Montreal, but I would, I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to seeing him play there, but I understand the reasoning why he is not at this point. I just muted myself to, to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're doing over here at Locked On Canadians. I agree with what Scott said. I don't think it's necessarily the wrong decision either way, but I do think, like Scott said, like you kind of give, have to give him uh, a little bit of control and a little bit of a choice in the situation. In the meantime, the little bit of control and a little bit of choice in this situation is you guys get to drive the content tomorrow because there is no game to recap. We do have a couple of things we want to get uh, out of the way off the top of tomorrow's show, but the rest of it is going to be all mailbag questions. So we demand uh, 
no, we politely request uh, with love and gratitude some mailback questions for tomorrow's episode. We've got a couple already in the pipeline, so you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can DM or add us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians, uh, or you can leave the questions in the YouTube comments uh, for any of the videos we've had this week. I'll go I'll go as far back as Mondays, uh, Mondays to, to look for mailback questions, and then that's it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you want to find Scott on Twitter, he's at Scott Matla. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at The Active Stick. And we will talk to you tomorrow.